What's going on, Bears fans? As you know, sports betting season is in full force right now, which means you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. BetUS have been pioneers in the sports book industry for nearly three decades, thriving and paying you, the loyal customer. What's great about BetUS is they have loads of bonuses. So join now at BetUS.com today and receive a 125% sign up bonus by using code chicago125 bet us has all your nfl games with team and player props and loads of nfl futures and odds bet us gives you options in addition to the nfl you have college football games pga golf ufc matches the nba and plenty of other sports they have every bet type imaginable and the bet us mobile platform is easy to use with full betting options Follow my lead and get your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. Cash in on your 125% sign-up bonus at BetUS.com with our code CHICAGO125. BetUS. You bet. You win. You get paid. BetUS. You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. What's up, Bears fans, and welcome to another episode of the Chicago Audible Podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano, on this cold Thursday night. And if you're watching this podcast, obviously you can see I'm not alone, and I'm joined by the one and only Mason West. Mason, what's going on, my man? It's been a little while. Uh, it's It was a nice rest. It was kind of cool sitting back, watching some football last Sunday, and not stressing about the bears and what the progress looks like and everything like that. And just enjoying, just enjoying watching the game again uh, for a while. But it, but it's nice again to get back on the horse. Uh, part of me almost wishes that the bears had played last week because, you know, build on the momentum, which is weird came on coming off a loss. that <laughs> You could say that there was momentum, but um, it's, it's good to be back. You know, wish it was a little warmer out. Got a uh, automatic car uh, starter installed last week. So I'm pumped about that. I've been using it like crazy the last three days. Uh, and so, you know, no more cold car for me. Mason, I, I just got a, a car starter put in on Monday, actually. Yeah. So I, I just got a new car and had to put that's that's like a must have, especially now that the weather is turned and, you know, you wake up, you see your breath in the morning and there's frost on the windows. Put on that the remote start and it's it's a life changer, man. Like I get Huge. up and go to the gym because I know that I can start my car and not have to go out there. But I, I know exactly that feeling. and. I'm sure a bunch of our listeners do as well. But um, for those wondering, where the heck is Will DeWitt? Well, like Matt Nagy a couple of weeks ago, I can't tell you or disclose that information. But as many of you know, he and his wife were expecting a baby. And earlier this week, the Will DeWitt family added a new member to the team. So, and I'm not going to get into all the specifics, but everything is going well for Will and his family. It's an exciting time. So, that's that's kind of the status status update on Will and where he's at. But 
you know, if you see, if you want to shoot him a, a message on social media, I'm sure he'll appreciate that. But what also is exciting is that we do get some Bears football back after a week hiatus. And, you know, Mason, I kind of want to touch on what you mentioned earlier, like that momentum, even though the Bears had lost, the offense seemed to have found something in that second half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Justin Fields was making some special plays, but I completely agree with you. If the I kind of wanted the Bears to play last week just to see if they could build off of that. And we and I'll just kind of put the 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 stats out there. The Bears haven't won coming off a of bye week since 2013. So it's not just a streak that is gone on through the Matt Nagy era. This is like something where the Bears have consistently struggled with. And it was back in it was um 2013 against the Green Bay Packers. I believe Josh McCown was a quarterback in that game. So it's been a while. And now we're, we're in this situation right now where the Bears are coming off a bye week and they obviously will face the Baltimore Ravens. And that's what this show is going to be about. But before we get into this preview matchup, just want to touch on a couple of topics that have been going on around the Bears. I think we'll start with number one, Tevin Jenkins being activated in terms of that 21-day window to see where his status is at in terms of playing this year mason what do you make of, of maybe tevin jenkins being activated and kind of where are you thinking he's gonna play at I, I know there's been like speculative uh you know where he can even play left tackle right tackle but just what are your thoughts on tevin jenkins right now it's exciting you know it's one of those things you can't help but be excited about that prospect and because this was the Bears' second-round pick. It was a player that was projected to go to the Bears in the first round. Uh, you know, we got pumped up by all the the highlights of him in college, mauling, you know, defensive linemen and linebackers. And then they got taken away from us, unfortunately, with, with that injury. And if you, you know, recall, I, we talked about a couple different times, I highlighted what that recovery process looked like, and he's falling smack dab in the middle of that. Um, reports were, as uh, Nagy had said in a press conference, Jenkins wanted to come back sooner. The Bears were just like, no, 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 let's hold up, let's get you right. Um, you know, you see all these different, you know, he's doing rehab before the Steelers game. You, you see people tweeting out videos and what, what he's doing there. But, you know, this, this week was the first time he legit put pads on and in theory hit somebody since the summer. So, you know, Bears fans, you got to slow your roll a little bit. And not just that in terms of where he's at in the recovery process, because, I mean, who knows how long it takes you to get calloused. Every person's a little different. So, you know, obviously I can put my therapist spin on it, but it's hard without seeing him specifically. But ultimately, like you said, where does he go? Because this is so multi-layered in terms of bringing him in. And actually, I pulled a couple of scenarios I saw, um, you know, that I thought of that people on Twitter were throwing out there. And I kind of wanted your perspective on each one individually uh, and whether they would go with this. So, for example, one of the most common ones I saw was just take out Jason Peters and throw it and drink in at left tackle. What are your thoughts on that? So it's, it's your, I think you have to also weigh what, what you're thinking for Justin Fields too, because if you're just throwing Tevin Jenkins in there, a guy, like you said, has not played football in pads for a long time, still needs to get Cal, still needs to get acclimated to his teammates. And now you want him to be, you know, the blind side protector for your franchise quarterback. So that's an interesting one, one that I've heard, obviously, but it's it's one where you have to debate. Well, is this the best case scenario for Justin Fields as well? Not just for Tevin Jenkins. I have the exact same thing written down here, Nick. It's, it's really more about Justin because I get do you really want the first time that you're having Jenkins out there, ball snapped, and all of a sudden Justin's blind, so he gets just smacked? Like, no, that's that's awful. And 
the same thing even in the second one i mean i even saw out there take out borum put jenkins in there it's kind of the same thing like well, why run him out there rush him out there without you know knowing and getting jenkins some reps uh another one i saw put jenkins in at guard and move uh daniels or white hair to center take out mustafer that's uh see it's like we're playing this carousel of moving guys and that's what the bears have done consistently it seems like every off season with with cody white hair james daniels always moving people around and they already are thinking you know tevin jenkins from right tackle to left tackle and then you're going to make him play another position potentially i see i don't know about that one but it's it's a fine line mason it's like what how do they get this guy reps if he is going to actually play the season but do so in a way that gives him i guess the the reps to to make progress in becoming an nfl player but also you're being cognizant and aware of justin Fields. so i'm glad i don't make i'm so glad i don't make those decisions because those that's a tough one for what the bears need to do yeah and i mean are we forgetting too you know white hair struggled with snapping that's why he ultimately got moved from center daniels struggled uh it seemed like with communication calling out the assignments just a really reserved guy that maybe wasn't the leader and on the line that they wanted to be also had some snapping issues there, you know, also saw some scenarios where they were like, well, move Peters to guard. Cause that's actually what the Eagles had resigned him to do until they had injury issues and he moved back out to tackle, which is kind of the same thing. Um, but to go to what you said, the other two scenarios I saw that connected with me more was, well, a split reps with Peters at tackle, just kind of have a little bit of rotation here and there dabble. And what I really liked personally is essentially have him play that swing tackle role. So bring him in every once in a while, right? Like what they were doing with Alex Bars, have him get some contact, let him hit a couple people. And that way it's not necessarily affecting the integrity of the entirety of the line. And then you could, you know, slowly get him in there. Because at the end of the day, also Peters has been doing solid. He's grading out well. So your, your problems haven't heavily been off the edges in the most recent games. Obviously we can go back to like the Cleveland game and have a whole totally different conversation, but that was weeks ago. So, so yeah, it's, I'm glad I'm not making these decisions. You have to look at long-term for not just the Bears, but for Justin, but for Tevin himself, all these different factors. And it's not just about this year. I'll leave it at that. No, that and that's a good point. It's not about this year, but I, I like the uh, the swing tackle. I Look, I want to see Tevin Jenkins. I forgot what game it was where at Oklahoma State where he literally just put the guy in the – I think it was versus Texas, if I'm not mistaken, if it was that game where he, he put the defender into the sideline and just drove him to the dirt. Like, we want to see that mauler out of Tevin Jenkins at some point. If it's not this season, of course, next season. But, man, it would be nice to see. So there are other some some other topics that we, we can hit on before we get into, um, you know, talking about this this Ravens matchup on Sunday. And just quickly, just kind of going through the the injury report for, for Thursday, um, just quickly going through it. We have Jimmy Graham, a full participant. Keem Hicks, DNP, did not practice. Eddie Jackson was limited. We have Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson, Dane Trevathan, and Elijah Wilkinson all did not practice. Got eliminated from Darnell Mooney. And then full is for Alec Ogletree, Damian Williams, J.P. Holtz, and Cairo Santos. That's, you know, what was Cairo Santos is on there with an elbow. That's right. I remember seeing that uh, earlier in the week. Out of those, I mean, I think there's an obvious one, though, Mason. But out of those, which one is the most concerning to not have maybe play on, on Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. I think I know where you're, you're potentially going with this. See, I'm torn because I, I almost have two answers depending on what you're looking for. If you're looking for a literally impact against the Ravens, like just to win that game, 
for me, ultimately ends up being a Khalil Mack. And I th- we'll get into this more in terms of what that pressure and why that's going to be important for Lamar Jackson. If you're talking about continuing the development of a Justin Fields, for me, it's an Allen Robinson. Because even though I don't personally think Allen's going to be here next year, it's still important for for Justin to be throwing to starting caliber wide receivers, right? Because if Allen Robinson isn't going, now where are you going with that? Are you going to pull somebody up like an at, like a Rodney Adams from the practice squad, which I know some Bears fans have been clamoring for? You don't have <laughs> Rashad Perriman anymore, so you can't even try him out there. So it, if you're looking, I just really want to keep seeing Justin progress and do better, which for that's why Allen's big for me. But honestly, Khalil Mack would be if you could insert one of those non-participants just into the game and say, hey, and you're at even just 80 percent, I think would have the biggest impact overall in the game. And I, I agree with that, Mason. Obviously, you know, the more pressure, the better they can get on Lamar Jackson. And like you said, we will talk about that now to kind of get on the more, I guess, the most recent news as of what, maybe a couple of minutes ago, not not too long ago. The Bears signed Bruce Irvin. Um, last time he played was last season, week two for the Seahawks. He did tear, I believe he tore his ACL, was put on injured reserve. And I think that's an indicator of where potentially where Khalil Mack at Khalil, Khalil Mack is at in terms of his recovery. So you bring in a veteran type of guy. Do you like the move? Is does it does it do anything for you, Mason, in terms of bringing a guy like Bruce Irvin to this team? Well, I mean, the thing that was interesting is when he you know, he was with the Seahawks for a while, then he bounced around a little bit, right? I mean, he, then he was on the Raiders, and then he was on, uh, he spent, he had a cup of coffee with, who was it, the, oh yeah, the Atlanta, he was there for a year, you right. know, and then he ends up back on the Seahawks uh, at some point. He actually did relatively well with the Panthers. I mean, he had eight and a half sacks and 16 QB hits, then he went home, and like you said, week two, and ACL tear, he's 13 months removed from that, so he should be at least able to to do some stuff for you it's not necessarily that i'm like excited by the move it's interesting i mean it's something that i'm gonna be looking for and it's something that ultimately could definitely help because we've seen over the last couple games that pass rush has been almost non-existent for the bears and then when you see the pass rush is non-existent then the weakness of the secondary is very much exposed uh it is a defense that is predicated on that pass rush so like if you were going to add somebody who was going to make a who's available that makes the most sense but like you're alluding to, it also shows Khalil Mack's probably further away than than we think he is. Uh, now, the Bears could have been looking at this like, well, great, we'll get Mack back in a week or two because right, they lost a Tachu, so they needed a back, another person there anyway. But, you know, am I excited? I'm, I'm interested. Am I excited? I'm not expecting anything grand. I don't think he's going to go out there and get like two sacks. No, and well... I kind of in in the same line as, as you Mason there. I will say this like the Bears have brought in free agents officers like Alec Ogletree, and you see like the impact he's had. Obviously, different different position and different circumstances in terms of why they were brought here. But I wonder if also this is like a indication of what the Bears are maybe seeing or maybe not seeing out of Travis Gibson right now. Cause look, there's been opportunities when Cleo Mack went down. Hey, Travis Gibson, you're gonna get these reps now. We haven't seen that production. We haven't seen the production really as as frequently in terms of the pass rush. But, I mean, that's something to also maybe keep an eye on. Obviously, being a veteran, Bruce Irvin uh, has been – knows how to rush the quarterback. We'll see at this stage of his career if he's still capable of that. But, you know, I just would like to see more out of Travis Gibson just because that was a guy that I think was up and coming. It was showing some some flashes with the opportunities that he was getting on early 
and sparingly throughout the season. Last kind of notes on just Bears Bears topics. If you if you guys are on social media, you're on the the Twitter there. You might have seen Tariq Cohen kind of going on a little little tangent a little bit, kind of expressing his frustration of not playing. And Mason and I before we we went live, we were kind of talking about what what that the Bears didn't do, like you said, Mason, Tariq Cohen any favors because we don't have any update really on where he's at in terms of his health. Or honestly, if he's even going to play this season and, you know, he kind of let out his frustration uh, through through social media on Twitter today. Any any thoughts on that? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, it's in, I, I feel like most people that I've seen on Twitter have been more questioning just, hey, where are you at, Tariq? Or when is he going to come back? Or, oh, imagine the impact that he could have if he played in, you know, like, you know, on, in a game like this versus it being too negative but again i'm not like living in his mentions to try to see and scouring through and seeing you know what everybody is saying but like like you just said the bears did no service there's no updates we have no idea there's all this speculation about was there a second surgery and this is what the bears have just been doing forever they don't tell you anything regarding injuries right every once in a while like a video pops up and that's the best i can do trying to use my my pti's be like all right well it looks like there's like a cut that's not really that explosive off that leg so it looks like there's going to take a little bit longer this that and the other and that's all you have to work with now obviously you're playing this chess game with other teams and all that stuff but i mean are the ravens really sitting there being like oh man like we really need to worry about Tariq and whether or not he's going to play oh is radio silent no it's at some point update what's going on with your players and i can see maybe where Tariq would get frustrated about that because he can't play a game that he loves right i mean it's been a good amount of time and i said this back in the summer I didn't think he was going to play until like week 12 at best. That, that's what I had noted. And at this point, you were right. I don't know if we're going to even see him this year. And that then there's a whole snowball effect. What does that look like for Ryan Pace? Because he handed out that contract to, to, to Tariq Cohen the, right before he got hurt. And then you weren't able to sign Allen Robinson because you're worried about the money. And this and, and it just goes and goes and goes. So it, it leaves an uncomfortable feeling in the air, a sour taste in your mouth. No, it definitely does. And hey, I mean, you said week twelve. We're we're at week eleven. Who knows where when Tariq Cohen where he's at in terms of his status? But hey, I mean, you're closer than a lot of people were, Mason. So, kudos to you. So, Mason, that's kind of like a quick synopsis of other Bears topics, takeaways um, that we that we want to hit on before we get into this Bears Ravens matchup. And so, let's kind of just dive in into this and talk about that Bears offense going up against this this Ravens defense and I'm just going to kind of open up the floor because it's been a week since we've seen the Bears play play football and like the last thing we saw from them is Justin Fields took them down uh when they were down three a little over three minutes left in the fourth quarter drove them down to take the lead and of course the defense kind of gives it up but when we're looking at this Bears offense Mason in terms of talking points or things that we want to highlight about this bears offense what are you kind of wanting to see continue or to build off of from that pittsburgh especially that second half really into this another afc north match or an afc north opponent in the baltimore ravens on sunday one of the biggest things is can can justin do justin right and that's that's a very broad topic and that has a lot of things to it one you you want the it, it, it takes the Bears a long time, it feels like, to really get a feel for how the game flow is and to be like, oh, wait, dang it, we got Justin Fields at quarterback, so maybe we should do this a little different. You know, obviously you got a lot of 
you know, Bears fans were clamoring for more rollouts, moving the pocket, all those things. And that's true. I think they could do more of it, but you can't do that every single play. Justin has to at some point drop back and just zip a pass. You know, he has to hit a quick slant route. He has to do these short passes. But can you create this momentum and, and use it in a way that you can actually set him up for success? And then there's the, the penalty stuff, right? We have no idea what that first drive, but it looks like last well two weeks ago against the Steelers because it got got stopped by penalties and they were on, on completions right so they could have marked down and scored and had it be in 7-0 and we would be having a maybe a very different conversation about this so and that goes to the coaching right because how disciplined is your team and everything like that but okay so and when you're talking about continuing what they did so can you let justin move the pocket a bit can you let him attack downfield? Because that was one of the biggest things, right? Those explosive plays. And you should be able to do that because right in the Ravens three losses, their opponents have had 11 plays of more than 30 yards. This is definitely a team that you should be able to take advantage of that. And then in terms of, I don't know, I, the Wildcat was weird to me. Like you have Justin Fields. I, it worked. They scored a touchdown off of it. But like, why not let Justin essentially do the Wildcat? Because right now there's not, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of quarterback design runs. It's more of just Justin scrambling right when he has to. So why not just do that with him and get four or five yards right and up on his little scramble or handoff to Booney or handoff to Montgomery. But then you have the option also to pass out of it. But so Wildcat was interesting, but there's a reason also why no one really runs it anymore because <laughs> it doesn't work consistently. No, I mean, that's a good point. You mentioned a lot of good points there, Mason. One other thing that I kind of want to bring up, again, going back to – the Bears and specifically Matt, Nag Matt Nagy's teams out of the bye week, I think what we've seen consistently in that game following the bye week, what the offense has done is just committed turnovers. In each of the losses, they've had two or more turnovers in each of those games and have kind of fallen behind early. And so if we want, if they're going to do that consistently, you're going to do that to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, good luck. Even though this is a team, the Baltimore Ravens, that doesn't score a lot of points in the first quarter, if I have – the stats from they're averaging three points in, in the first quarter. So I think the Bears, the Bears actually might be in a good spot there because the Ravens are struggling at that point in the game. But that's something that we've seen the penalties consistently from this Bears team just coaching and not being lined up properly. But the lack of discipline as well coming out of that bye week and just turning the ball over. If you're doing that to Lamar Jackson, and I know that there's been some struggles here and there, and they've had some somewhat duds in terms of games. But if you do that at home and give him more opportunities, you are honestly asking for, you know, just another butt, butt whooping, to be completely honest, at, at Soldier Field. So they can't do that. But what I am curious to see with this Bears offense, Justin Fields, and, you know, what, what they can continue to do moving forward is just having Justin Fields continue to throw the ball deep. Right now, Lamar Jack, in terms of intended air yards between – uh, you know, where the, the pass is intended to go and next gen stats has it all laid down. You're going to see the top two quarterbacks in the league on Sunday at soldier field in terms of that category in Lamar Jackson and number one and Justin Fields right now is number two. So, and I think for Justin Fields for this bears offense, that's going to be the best case scenario to continue to see him develop as a passer is to get him to make him do one of his best strengths, airing the ball out, deep to his wide receivers. You saw him connect last two weeks ago now. Marquise Goodwin, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Al Robinson. So you got a, a Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham got a, a one of those explosive plays. So you're seeing him 
go stretch the field vertically. I think we need to continue to see that in these final eight games of the regular season, and especially in this matchup against the Baltimore Ravens, who can't put up points, and the best way to get points on the scoreboard, getting those chunk plays. So that's another aspect of the offense that I definitely want to see continue here. Anything else, Mason, in terms of the offensive just takeaways that we want to mention here in, in this segment? So in sad what you said in terms of those turnovers, this does seem almost like a get right game with that because right now the Ravens have a terrible yeah. turnover differential at negative five, right? They've only forced seven, but they've committed 12 themselves. So, you know, but a lot of times it seems like Justin in particular will have a turnover that's kind of, you know, really, really breaks your heart a little bit. But then when you look at them, they're not necessarily his fault. Like the one with uh, against Steelers, Cameron Hayward, when he intercepted it, you know, that that one was a little fluky. There's been a couple where it's bounced off a receiver's hands. Like, you know, uh, at the couple, couple weeks ago, bounced off Darnell Mooney's hands on that deep shot. The game was pretty much already over at that point, but still a hitch in the hands, Darnell. You probably need to catch that. So, like, can those be controlled? Can those be contained? Because you're right. If you all of a sudden are flipping the field and handing the ball to Lamar with 40 yards to go, that's, that's a recipe for a disaster. Um, in terms of what else you want to see is, like you said, those – those seam routes, you know, we saw a couple of those in that Steelers yeah. game. It's fantastic. And you know what's hard? You can't run a seam route if you're running a hitch route. <laughs> Surprising. But and I'm sick. Like, why are the Bears still leading the league in hitch routes? Like, why do you why do you need to gain four yards? And why are all four, sometimes five year receivers running a dang hitch? It makes no sense. It's ultra conservative. It makes it very difficult. Like when you have someone like Allen Robinson, who, who doesn't create a lot of separation in the first place to run a route like that, because now it's just a contested catch. Same thing with, you know, Cole Komet. Yes, he's a big body, but why not you let him use the big body in, with his wide catch radius on a seam route, on a corner route, on a post corner? Like Marquise, Marquise Goodwin had a very almost not a catch, but a great catch a couple weeks ago. So, you know, just open it up at this point. You know, you you need to you, – you can't be just protecting Justin this whole time. And clearly that's not how he wants to play. I mean, he wants to open it up. and And that just builds off what you were saying there too. Yeah, and I think it's funny with with the hitch routes too. It's like the Bears wide receivers are not creating a, a lot of yards after catch. And I, I asked Matt Nagy about that a couple of weeks ago in terms of like how you would like to create yards after catch. Is it, you know, on short passes and have your receivers run or however, maybe going going deeper. I asked him how do we create explosive plays. And he said he wanted a combination of both. And, you know, the – the route of going short passes and having your wide receivers get or wide receiver tight ends, you know, the offensive weapons get those yards after the catch. That hasn't happened at all really this season. And I know, um, you know, Matt Nagy was also asked about running back screens and he kind of got some slack about, Oh, it's a, it's offensive lineman's best friend. And then all my comments were, well, why doesn't he freaking call them then? It's he gets two screens every season. It's like, why are you not helping out the offensive line? And he also said, the details are really important in terms of running those screens. And we all know about the lack of details that seems to be in this offense sometimes. So uh, that was kind of funny when I, you know, just again, quoted what he said. And I knew, you know, he's going to definitely get some slack for that. Well, we keep um, saying, we're talking about the bears in a get right game. The Ravens have not been tackling well. They have 74 no. missed tackles, you know, Patrick queen, Tyus Bowser and Chuck Clark have been really the biggest offenders of that. So if the bears can take advantage and get, finally get some yards after catch, That'd be amazing. And while I would like A-Rob to play for the reasons we talked about at the top of the show, I saw Nicholas Jackson talking about like Daz Newsome. 
that would be really interesting. I would love to see what Daz Newsom could do in a game like this because he did, he was good at yards after catching college. We saw glimpses of that when he did play after, you know, before the collarbone break, which is, you know, in training camp, take that with a grain of salt, but the little blips we did even see in preseason. So can he be someone that maybe gets called up? Cause right now Demir Bird's not doing anything. So can you, can you give maybe Daz Newsom a little bit of a run? That's, that's a really good point. I mean, look, we haven't mentioned Demir Bird probably since training camp, like actual in meaningful conversations. And it's because he hasn't really been a part of this offense, really this team to be completely honest. And at this point, like, if Daz Newsom is up to date with the playbook, and I think that was kind of what he really talked about in a lot of his press conferences, like, I just need to know my playbook. Why not? Like, it's not going to hurt you. And I think that's the thing, too. We talked about Tevin Jenkins and whether or not to play him. I think you can get away with playing a rookie wide receiver, and it's not going to really impact too much on Justin Fields' development. Because, again, he, it's you know, if he run, runs the wrong route, yes, and he's in anticipating for Newsom to be somewhere yes that can hurt but I think you could get away with trying to give him reps and then also still developing him while they're still kind of learning things on the fly a little bit but who knows we we haven't heard of Daz Newsom for for a while now but we'll see how how that kind of goes but Mason I think that's kind of a wrap uh, on this uh you know these talking points for for the offense and we'll we'll definitely hit on some more as we get into x factors and, and pivotal matchups but before we kind of get into the defensive discussion, I have to tell you about our partnership with Owen. If you're like me, going to the gym is a crucial part of my schedule. It's a place to let loose and just decompress. And after a great workout, it's important to give your body the amino acids it needs to repair and rebuild proteins. And that's why I drink Owen. That's right, Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein company. And all their products are, well, plant-based, free of artificial ingredients, and are allergen-friendly. Plus, Owen uses high-quality and carefully selected ingredients to make all of its products easily digestible, like their dark chocolate protein shake that has 20 grams of protein, which I used to be my personal favorite, but now I got this guy. If you're watching on the podcast on YouTube, the Elite Pro, 32 grams of protein, this one is awesome. Tastes really great. Get 32 grams of protein, so what's better than that? And I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Get 20% off your first purchase with code TCA20 at liveowen.com. That's O-W-Y-N. That's 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. And remember to use the code TCA20. When you do that, a little bit of that revenue comes back to us and helps supports the podcast so we'd really appreciate that so join me and justin fields and try owen only what you need what's going on you guys this is chicago audible podcast i'm here with mason west we're about to talk about this bears defense going into this week 11 matchup against the baltimore ravens and mason we could take this conversation a whole bunch of different different places right now but Lamar Jackson is on the other side of the field, and I don't care if you have Khalil. You can be have the, the most healthy defense. They can be rolling in terms of production and limiting, you know, imposing offenses. But Lamar Jackson is different, and he's kind of like a unicorn, and that was a lot of the discussion really for the Bears media members when talking about Lamar Jackson and the what he can potentially do against an opposing defense. So with 
the Bears in this. It's a tough matchup, and I don't care that they've struggled in the first quarter, only scoring three points a game. What? And I, I just want to ask you, what scares you the most when you think about Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens offense, and going up against this Bears defense? Well, it scares me in general is that he just keeps getting better, right? <laughs> I mean, when coming out – People were trying to interview him and say, no, you're a receiver, you're a running back. And I mean, luckily he stuck to his guns and said, no, I'm a quarterback. Now that first year was a little rough. You know, Joe Flacco got hurt uh, early, relatively early on and he probably got put in a little sooner than you wanted. And, you know, so it was, it was hard fought, but he's cleaned it up significantly. He's much better passing now than he was before. He's reading defenses really well. And you throw on top of that the run ability, it's fantastic. Right. And his he is the run game, right? I mean, he's got like what 400 more yards than than like the the, the next running back that's there. Uh, the running backs, you know, as a whole, 4.2 yards per carry for the Ravens. It's not blowing you away, but it's definitely substantial, and that's uh, best tied for the league lead with Cleveland in rushing yards per game at 154.1, and they're fifth in yards per carry as a whole, right, with 4.9. But it's kind of deceiving because four of the past six games, the Ravens haven't rushed for more than 115 yards actually, and the yards per carry average like i said is elevated by jackson a lot who averages 6.0 yards per attempt on the year uh they just caught Le'Veon bell because he wasn't really doing anything latavius murray doesn't scare you tyson williams is averaging 5.5 yards per carry but apparently he said something mean to harbaugh and doesn't get to play anymore <laughs> and then devonta freeman is actually averaging 5.2 yards which is great but most of these guys would be waiver wire <laughs> on the waiver wire if it wasn't for all the injuries that the ravens had so it starts and ends. That's a long way of saying it. it starts and ends with Lamar Jackson. And the receivers don't scare you. Rashad Bateman's good. He's solid. I think he's actually going to be a pretty good receiver down the road. Devin DuVernay is one of my sweethearts. I hope I wish we had gotten him. I think Will, Will actually also loved him too coming out. He's great in the punt return. Uh, and then Marquis, uh Hollywood Brown. I mean, he's hurt half the time and drops the ball the other half, runs the wrong route the other half. So really Mark Andrews is the next most stable piece you have. And so it's Mark Andrews, it's Lamar Jackson. Can you contain that? And they're built to play with a lead, which is the problem, is that they, they, as you said, they only scored three points, you know, in the first quarter on average right now. So how the heck can you be a running team if you can't play with the dang lead? So that, that's probably one of the reasons why they've been struggling against teams like the Lions, who they beat by two points, why they went to overtime with the Vikings, why, you know, they did come back somehow against the Chiefs. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the Ravens have been in a lot of close matchups and for the most part have come away with victories in that in those matchups. And that's what I when I look at what Lamar Jackson is capable of doing, extending plays. And, you know, he that's why when you look at also where the I mentioned that Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson are top in terms of intended air yards. They're also at the top in sacks this season with Justin Fields having the most and Lamar Jackson right behind him. He will hold on to the ball, extend plays, and that offensive line, like there are opportunities to get to him, but you need to have some type of pass rush. And that's one of the where I'm gonna maybe take this conversation here, Mason, because when I was watching kind of what the Miami Dolphins were able to do to the Baltimore Ravens, there was a lot of blitzing, a lot of cover zero, a lot of and uh this comes from Ted Nugan, again, we've mentioned him before on this podcast because he is fantastic in terms of breaking down film. But what after he watched the film, this is the kind of blitzes that the, the Miami Dolphins were able to use against the Baltimore Ravens. One's called a read blitz, and 
Basic, basically, it's a pressure scheme in which a defender or multiple defenders read a key, commonly which which way the center turns. So, um, you know, basically that would be Sam Must for how he would turn to decide to blitz or drop into coverage if the scheme, uh, team was obviously playing um, the Bears' offense. Um, and then there's a key blitz, and it's when a defender has a key to an offensive player. That player releases on a route, they'll cover him. If not, they'll block. If that key player blocks, they'll blitz. So there's a lot of that incorporated. And then there was just some overloading on some sides where if for some reason the, the Ravens right tackle, and I had his name written down in one of the six screens there in front of me, which none of you can see, but it just gave me, just seemed overwhelmed where in terms of he didn't know who was coming. And look, the Dolphins did a good job of scheming up and disguising a little bit which guys were actually pressuring Lamar Jackson, which guys were dropping back in coverage. So there, I think there's going to be opportunities, Mason, to be completely honest, to rush Lamar Jackson. The other thing is actually bringing him down, and the other thing is actually applying pressure, which, you know, just like the Baltimore Ravens have had some missed tackles, hey, the Bears defense has had its fair share of those as well. It really has. It, I I read that article too, and I, I loved what I saw. Two things bother me with it. One, NFL's a week-to-week league. You know, you learn, you adjust. So what are the chances that that exactly is going to play out in the Bears' favor if they went that route? The th- number two would be that the Bears have the second-lowest blitz percentage in the league at 16.2%, right? This is known with Vic Fangio when he was here, and then obviously at the Stonda side being the disciple of that. I mean, you compare that to the Ravens, who have actually the third highest blitz percentage yeah. at 33.2%. So that'll be ultimately interesting on that side of the ball. But is that something that Sean decides comfortable doing, right? Is that something that are you equipped to do it? Because you really have two options here. Either you're going to be blitzing hard and hoping your secondary can cover long enough for the blitz to get there, which are you confident in the bear secondary to get there? I don't know that I am. But the other option is that you are dropping back, right? You have maybe like a spy on, on Lamar. And then again, you're hoping your secondary can cover so that your four-man rush can get there. Either way, it's tough. And not just that, are you equipped on the defensive line to get after? We would just listed all the injuries. Bill Mack's probably not going to play. Akeem Hicks is still hurt. All this variety of things. So that's where someone like a Roquan Smith is going to be so, so important this game. And we've seen a couple of times. He's the rare times in that 16% where Roquan's been sense on on a blitz that he's and he's gotten home it's been fantastic is that something that sean decides gonna be willing to do to take one of your best players send them on the blitz and therefore you don't have him to cover a mark andrews right and so are you going to let al golgotree dan and take that part of it it's it, it, it i love the idea of what happened that with, within that dolphins game i don't know that the size equipped and that the bearish defense is equipped to do it I'm so glad that you mentioned that, Mason, because I have the stats there in terms of blitz percentage. And basically, and I don't want to go ahead too far here because I think we'll hit on this in the X factor, but I think it's going to be pivotal for how Sean Desai, how creative, that's how I'm going to put it. How creative can Sean Desai get in this game in terms of maybe even bringing like a DeAndre Houston Carson down the line of scrimmage? I think, I forgot which game it was, but you had him uh, occupy one of the offensive linemen. Cleo Mack gets a sack because of, that quick creativity where you're bringing DBs down near the line of scrimmage. We need to see more of that. You need to confuse these offensive linemen. Like I was telling you, the right tackle for the Ravens, there were some blown plays because of what the Miami Dolphins were doing. But like you just said, the Bears don't blitz. They don't blitz very often. And like the, it's it's like a week-to-week league, it's also a copycat league. 
So will the Bears try to implement more of the splitsing on, on Lamar Jackson? It, because it worked for the Miami Dolphins, but that doesn't necessarily, it's going to translate another week, you know, for the Chicago Bears at, at home th- this Sunday. So it's going to be interesting how, how they kind of play that out. But Sean decide this is like, this is going to be the, I think the most challenge one, probably the most challenging game because for any defense coordinator, Lamar Jackson is a, is a freaking nightmare. He is a freaking nightmare. So what, how, and what will Sean decide do on Sunday to put whoever's out there? And most likely you might be without, there's a good chance you're, you're out with, you're going to not have Cleo Mack. Akeem Hicks is not trending in the right direction at play. Maybe, and maybe you get Eddie Jackson. He, you know, I think what limited, I think I read, uh, read earlier from the injury report. So it's, it's not looking like you're going to have your best defenders out there and you're going up against a guy that's, you know, in contention to win MVP every single season. Mason, is there, obviously we, there's probably other areas we can hit on for this, this bears defense going up against the Baltimore Ravens offense, but is there anything else that you kind of wanted to touch on before we go into our X factors for this game? The last thing I would say is I'm glad you brought up Eddie Jackson. Uh, two things on his, on that subject. One, his presence is going to be really important because you brought up DeAndre Houston Carson. If Eddie Jackson can't go, now DeAndre has to, in theory, go right sub in for him back at safety. So you don't have that flexibility to use DeAndre as that chess piece to move around. So just Eddie being healthy enough just to be in is going to be huge in that respect. And also in and effective, because like you said, when Jackson does throw, he does tend to attack deep to some of those receivers. So being having the ranginess of Jackson is important. The second thing I'd add to it is I do have a source relatively close to the Jackson situation saying that more than likely he will be playing. That's just on based on today. Dang. Well, I, you know, I was expecting it, but it was like seeing him out again and out again. You're like, Ooh, look, I, I personally just want to see him play on some, we're going to be at soldier field base. So I want to see Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields play, but yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, So, if you were hoping that Lamar Jackson wasn't going to Oh, play. sorry. Eddie Jackson. Eddie. Oh, Eddie Jackson. Sorry. Well, Eddie I kind of want to see Eddie I don't Jackson know. Lamar's too. been sick like four times this week. Like, right? I don't know if he's just like not eating well and he needs his vitamins <laughs> or something like that. Like he needs, that needs to get figured out because literally he's just had illness like four times. Remember last year he had the whole like running to the bathroom thing like, in <laughs> oh, the middle right. of the game. Like you can't be, I'm sorry, you can't be MVP again if you keep like having, you know, just colds and flus and having to you know, honestly poop yourself in the middle of like a Sunday night, Monday night game. I can't remember which one it was. That was, I, I remember that. Like see his little walk down the tunnel. It was, it was, it was hilarious, but I agree with that. You can't be uh, pooping yourself on the field and then going out winning MVPs. If you are, then that's, that's why Lamar Jackson is one of a kind. All right, let's go into our X factors in this portion of the segment. You don't want to ask about special teams. I had stats. Oh crap! I forgot that's a phase. Yes, let's actually let's. Ask, what do you got on special teams, Mason? Because clearly I have nothing. Okay, just two quick things. One, uh, I like I said, one of my draft sweethearts uh, a couple years ago was Devin Duvernay. He currently leads the league with 293 punt yards and, more importantly, an average punt return of 16.3. Uh, in general, the first half the Bears have punted a lot, so therefore it's important to keep that in mind in terms of changing position. And then looking at Jakeem Grant, obviously he's been. It's been a love or hate with him. Um, he's third in the league with kick return yards. Some would argue that it's just because he does it a lot. 
But at the same time, he also, his average kick return yards is 24.6, which is fifth in the league. So, you know, he's, he is returning the ball. I mean, if he's returning it from deep in the end zone, that doesn't put you at the 25 like you would if you did a touchback. But it certainly is something to keep in mind that at least he's aggressive and he's not allergic to the ball like Ted Ginn Jr. and some of the previous kick return or punt returners we've had here. I like him, Mason. I mean, look, it is going to be a factor. Because it feels like, you know, and look, the Bears scored a touchdown special teams, what, last time we saw him play. So definitely got to keep my, mindful of that. And I don't know how the weather's going to be on Sunday. I really haven't looked that too far in advance. But how it's going right now, it's it's probably not trending in the right direction. So let's let's talk about these X-Factors. And we'll start our, our X-Factor on offense. I'll kind of I, – I was going to allude to it earlier in the show, but I'm glad I held off on it. I think the X-Factor in this game – and you, you touched on the stat there, Mason. The Baltimore Ravens are third in the league in terms of blitz percentage. And an area where Justin Fields has struggled is against when defenses are bringing that pressure. Right now, looking at pro football focus and the stats that they kind of have there, you have right now Justin Fields where you're looking under pressure. He has one touchdown and four of his interceptions. And – I think when you look, and obviously when you look everywhere else, keep where the pockets kept clean, where he's rolling out, or where he's not blitz, those stats are a lot higher in his favor. And so we saw what kind of happened in Cleveland and that dysfunction and in that offense. And really, the Cleveland Browns didn't even have to bring extra pressure; they were just doing it with their front, their front, you know, four, their front four edge rushers. So it's the X factor on offense. Really, is one. It's going to be how Bill Lazor. Matt Nagy have schemed their game plan to go against a team that's going to bring pressure. No, regardless, they're going to bring pressure. They're going to test Justin Fields to see if he can read his hot routes to see if he can identify where to go with the ball when the bears don't have enough people to block. And yes, there's going to be max protection used throughout the game, but you can't do it every single time. And there's going to be opportunities in this game where Justin Fields has to show that progress in terms of where to go with the ball. And that's going to be the X factor. If he's able to mitigate the damage that the Baltimore Ravens can do when they blitz, and they haven't sacked the quarterback all too much this season, but still it's that pressure that can disrupt plays, that can lead to incompletion, turnovers, all that bad stuff that the Bears want to avoid. So the X factor in offense for me is how this Bears offense, Justin Fields, Matt Nagy, Bill Lazor, what they've schemed up this week to go against this Baltimore Ravens defense that loves to apply pressure. What's your X factor, Mason on offense, my X factor and actually cliff stole my thunder over there in the chat. Can the bears manage the penalties, right? That mm-hmm. turn second and short into a second and long, ultimately leading to a third and long the penalties that, you know, it's third and six. And now all of a sudden you know, line up in the neutral zone. Now you give the Ravens a third and short and Lamar just runs it. The ones where it's third and 16 and they have to, bomb the ball but it's a pass interference because you can't play solid defense and now all of a sudden they have a new set of downs and all of a sudden are in your territory you know and put aside the Steelers game like forget it it's over moving on nothing's going to happen there in terms of like anything changing with that and best case they'll talk about in the summer all they can worry about is what they can control right what they can do with that Robert Quinn lining off sides you know on the two times in a row right in the neutral zone, you're a veteran. Do you, you shouldn't do that once, let alone twice in a row, things like that. So, you know, do you have the discipline to be able to hold, to be able to control that aspect? Okay. Yeah, no, I like, I mean, it's been a problem for the bears and until they show otherwise that they are a disciplined football team, 
that should be on the mind for every single Bears fan, every single play, because it, it seems consistent. Like I, the Bears have to lead the league in, in terms of personal fouls. Even like Angelo Blackson got one last or two weeks ago. It was declined because you know the Pittsburgh Steelers center also committed a personal foul. But they're constantly doing it. 15 yards for Lamar Jackson this offense. Stop. Like you want bad things to happen if you're you're doing those stupid fouls. And if if Mario Edwards Jr. gets another personal foul, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm gonna do, Mason. Probably maybe get animated in the press box like everyone else does when they see it. There's like a I think the last time I was like it's like a, a, a collective, like, oh, you know, sigh. yeah, it's, awful. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, it says no cheering in the press box. I guess that's the opposite of cheering, but it's just, are you serious? Or right, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we're not talking about that in the post game show on Sunday. Let's go over to the defense. I'm going to go throw it right back to you, Mason. What's your X factor there? Don't need to spend a lot of time on that one. I mean, we've been saying this. It's can the Bears limit Lamar Jackson, turn him into from Action Jackson into Saxon Jackson by getting after him, right? Get bring him to the ground, force those third and longs, and at the end of the day, like make him pass. I mean, that's that's no, nothing against Lamar. I just would prefer to see him throw up a run. He just is just a dynamic, explosive, majestic runner. And the receivers for the Ravens are okay. They're not fantastic. So I'd much rather see them have to throw the ball and have to play from behind. Because like we said, a lot of times they're, they're built to play with the lead. That's just the way that this, that this, uh, their offense is designed. I like the word majestic. I think, did I call him a unicorn? One of a kind. Like that's just Lamar Jackson. Those are the adjectives you use when you describe Lamar Jackson. My X factor on defense is the exact same thing that I had for the offense. Can the Bears defense apply pressure uh, despite them being second to last in the league in terms of blitz percentage? But that's the area where Lamar Jackson looks like, no, I, I was going to say everybody else. No, not everybody else. Looks somewhat normal. Um, under pressure this season, five touchdowns, three interceptions. When blitz, three touchdowns and four interceptions. So you're seeing those turnover-worthy types of plays and the defense capitalizing on them when the defense is able to apply pressure, whether or not we highlighted the the issues with that for the Bears defense. Can they do that? I guess we're going to have to wait and see. But the look, Sean Desai, the Bears don't like to blitz. And what we saw the recipe for possible success was against the Miami Dolphins. They brought it heavily. Let's see what, what Sean Desai can scheme up here in terms of a game plan Again, it all revolves around Lamar Jackson and trying to stop him the best uh, they can. All right, Mason, we have a couple more segments left. And I swear I put in my notes where our our, our fun new segment was at, but I guess not. Are we doing pivotal matchup? And no, then we're doing backbreaking matchup. Then who has the edge? And then we'll do the fun one. Man, where did I put? Oh, I see it. Okay, I just I didn't scroll down far enough there, and that's on me. Okay, so backbreaking matchup and pivotal matchup, however you want to phrase this, Mason. I'm gonna let you choose. Which one do you want? I'm gonna go on defense because I don't think you'll have this one. Okay. Um, I'm saying it's going to be Kendall Vildor versus Rashad Bateman. This is assuming that Marquise Brown's playing, uh, and let's just assume that they're not you know, having Jalen Johnson shadow anyone in particular. I just think that Bateman's got this nice combination of crisp route running, but also explosiveness. Um, obviously, he didn't start the year. He had, uh, I believe it was a core injury for most of the year. 
and he's come on the last couple of games, helped my fantasy team, and he's been really putting it together. Uh, he's becoming a target for Lamar Jackson, you know, taking away some of those throws from uh, from Mark Andrews. So I think that one is going to be the, this might be a game that Bateman all of a sudden breaks out a little bit, especially if he's going against Kindle Vildor. And that would be really unfortunate because it seems like everybody's going off on Kindle Vildor as of late and, you know, putting, putting Kindle Vildor on their highlight reel there. So hopefully that's not the case. And I, I actually, that's the guy I was thinking of um, Kindle Vildor and you can put any wide receiver right now uh, as a pivotal matchup backbreaker, but I have Calais Campbell against Sam Mustafer right in the interior of the Mm -hmm. offense. And you know what? You can put James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, who I think has been a little inconsistent this season as that matchup as well. But Calais Campbell can cause some problems. You know, we we kind of saw what Cameron Hayward was able to do a couple weeks ago, Vita Vea, like these premier top interior guys. And, you know, the Bears are going to see a, a pretty good one on Sunday in Calais Campbell. And Sam Mustafer has left more to be desired as a position right now. And I think we're kind of – seeing more and more that the bears are probably going to need to upgrade there uh, in, in the future at some point, but that's going to be my pivotal matchup because Justin Fields, I think can step up in the pocket, roll out to avoid edge pressure, but man does. And yes, it just, it's a lot tougher to do when that interior pressure is coming right up the middle. And, you know, Justin Fields has to make a split second decision where to throw the ball, just go down for a sack, take the hit. So a lot of things can are problems when when you have that interior pressure so i have calais campbell going against sam Mustafer as my pivotal matchup all right now we'll go to who has the edge because that's the layout in the show notes that i can clearly see in front of me now um so we're going to start off the bears rushing attack versus the ravens rushing defense and mason i'm giving this one to you because i think we didn't really talk too much about the bears rushing attack uh you know in the offensive portion so who do you have uh winning this matchup well definitely the ravens rushing defense is better than their passing defense has been but i feel like one of the reasons we didn't talk about it is almost because it's like it's just the bears rushing offense is just good like it's just one of those things mm-hmm. where week in and week out it's just more or less consistently been there yes there's a week or two there was a little blip off you had montgomery go out but even when he was out, you had Khalil Herbert that stepped up. And then when they came back, David Montgomery, it's like he never really lost a step. And he was right back in there doing what he did, um, besides you know the penalties that I think held that back a lot. So for me, I'm going to give it to the Bears rushing offense. For whatever reason, the Bears offensive line, you know, it looks like they're on steroids when they're run blocking. And then it's like they're, you know, in the old folks home when they're pass blocking. So <laughs> they just, they create rushing lanes. Dave Montgomery is so shifty. And then you can, if you want to flip it over to Quill Herbert, who you don't really lose very much when you do flip it over to him. And the Ravens, they, they also have their own injuries that they are, they're worrying about on the defensive side of the ball. And they're not necessarily the, the great. They're okay. They are okay at rushing defense. No, that's, that's a good way of putting it. They are, they are okay. And maybe, hopefully the bears don't make them seem better on Sunday. I have the Bears passing offense versus the Ravens pass defense. You know, I'm factoring in all the blitzes that are going to be in there in terms of what Justin Fields in this offense can do downfield. Like, I have confidence that Justin Fields can make the throws and identify where to go with the football. I'm just a little worried of if he's going to have the time to do so. 
in terms of what the Ravens like to do. And I know, again, they don't have what I don't have the stats really in front of or the actual the the full stats of like how many sacks they have. But it's it's not very much. And I can probably from 19 sacks this season, only nine teams have fewer sacks than them right now. But it's, it's pressure. So I'm actually going to give this one to the to the Ravens defense because I'm factoring in that the blitz percentage and the frequency that I think that's going to happen on Sunday. Next is the Bears run defense versus the Baltimore Ravens run offense. And, you know, Mason, I'll give this one to you because I think there's a couple of factors that go into this one as well. It's it's weird scenario where this is normally what we talk about for the Bears and Justin's ability to run. It's like, oh, we have to factor that in. And obviously you have to do the same thing for the Ravens, if not more so. Right. And a quick aside also, stop comparing Justin Fields and Lamar Jackson. They are two entirely different quarterbacks. Basically, the only reason that they're the same is, A, they play quarterback, B, they're athletic in their own way, and C, also they happen to be black. Okay, let's just not put them all in the same damn category. They're quite different. Justin runs if he, when he has to run and has a much better arm than Lamar did as a, you know, when he came in as a rookie and arguably has a better arm and better accuracy in the deep ball now. And you, you can't compare what Lamar does on the ground. Done off, off my soapbox. Anyway, back to the thing. For this one, I'm going to ultimately say that I'm going to give it to the Ravens just because of how dynamic Lamar is. I almost think of the running backs as an afterthought. It's like, great. They're there. They're going to get you chunk yards. Um, Devonta Freeman actually was doing pretty, doing decently well. He's probably the only running back I'd actually be concerned with, I guess, if there's a word there. Um, but then when you throw Lamar Jackson in there, it's just like every pass play can become a run play. They do so well. And that's what I think Bears fans have been asking for in terms of doing, running that option. Like they're, formations are interesting right you'll have like three running backs back there and they'll fake it one way fake the other and all of a sudden Lamar's going to the left and just kidding now he's going to throw it to the right I mean it's really backyard uh football in a way and it's really fun because literally it's like I remember running plays like that because like everyone wanted to touch the ball and you weren't sure who you were going to give it to um but unfortunately you do have to give it to the Ravens on that I I was going to do the same thing there Mason it's, it's just tough when when Lamar Jackson's a part of the equation and I think right now he's seventh or sixth in the league in rushing. And that's with obviously the running backs of the league. It's just tough. And obviously he can pass the ball. So it, it makes it a very difficult matchup for the Bears. So I have the Bears passing defense versus that Ravens passing offense. And look, the Bear or the Ravens would like to throw the ball deep. They haven't had a lot of explosive plays this season, which is it's a little surprising. They they haven't had a lot of explosive plays, but they, like I said, it's Justin Fields with intended air yards and Lamar Jackson as a top two. So they're looking to push the ball downfield. You highlighted the one matchup right now, Mason, that I'm really, really worried about and Kendall Vildor and whoever's going to be over there. Look, I know Hollywood Brown has dropped a lot of passes this season, but it's kind of, well, actually he's dropped wide open ones. We saw the game in Detroit. So it's not that he can't do it, but you give him a guy that many opportunities to be wide open. And I think that could potentially happen, especially if there's no Eddie Jackson, Deandre Houston Carson has to keep continuing playing. Kendall Wilder still out there on an Island with whoever they want to put out there. There's going to be opportunities, I think. And having to be cognizant of Lamar Jackson's running ability, you have to keep eyes on him. And, you know, obviously if receivers streaking down the field and there's, there's that in between, if it's an RPO, you can get caught sometimes as a defender. So I'm going to give it to the Ravens passing attack on this one. All right, Mason. Now I'm just going to hand it off to you before I screw this up. 
Let's do it. All right. So this segment, which name changes every single week because I can't think of one that's good for the entirety of it. So we're just going to make it different. Uh, bear Is Nick going to bear down or is he going to rave about the Ravens is what this oh. week is. Um, remember some of the rules. We're not taking injuries and a concern here. Uh, basically, I'm going to give a uh, rapid fire. We're going to give Nick a, a player from the Bears, player from the Ravens. They might be similar positions. But they may not be the exact same position. Keep that in mind. And who would he rather just have on the team? Like who, who would he pick? Just gut reaction, right? We're not looking at scheme or anything like that. Just quality of player. All right. So we're going to do offense, defense, and then actually a little bit of special teams, surprisingly Ooh. enough. All right. You ready, Nick? Let's do it. Allen Robinson, Marquise Brown. I'll go Allen Robinson on this one. Darnell Mooney, Sammy Watkins. We'll go Darnell Mooney. Allen Robinson versus Rashad Bateman. Oh, I like Rashad Bateman a lot, but I'm still going Robinson on this one. J.K. Dobbins, Khalil Herbert. Oh man, these are these are tough. I'm going. I'm going to be biased on this. So I'm going Khalil Herbert. Patrick Ricard versus Jimmy Graham and or J.P. Holtz. I put them together. Oh. <laughs> uh, Man, I'm such a I don't know why I have a soft spot for JP Holtz. I like it just it's been there forever. But I'll go uh I'll go Jimmy Graham, JP Holtz. Uh Mark Andrews, Cole Komet. No, I'll go Mark Andrews. Alejandro Villanueva versus Tevin Jenkins. Ah, uh, Villanueva at this point. Like I'm going Tevin Jenkins. I need to see what this guy's about. Villanueva versus Jason Peters. Oh, now we're kind of like the same line. I'll go Villanueva, though. Ronnie Staley versus Borum. I'll go Staley. Staley versus Jenkins. Uh, I'll go Jenkins. And Kevin Zeitler versus James Daniels. I mean, I, you know, I got to go with my guy James Daniels. I, I threw that one in there just for you specifically. Okay, good, uh, good. The only one that I would... Actually, there's there were like two I'd be interested in. One would be... I threw, my people might be confused. I put the Patrick Ricard one in there versus like the JB Holtz just Graham combo because for the most part Graham's been kind of used as a blocker. He's got a couple passes catches now, but uh, and then Holtz has been pretty much only playing essentially fullback. And it's yeah. interesting when you watch how the Ravens use Ricard. It, they use him kind of like in that Kyle Yuschecki role that they do with the 49ers, uh, yeah. where he he motions a lot, he blocks, he catches out of the backfield, he'll get handoffs. So he's actually like a pretty dynamic fullback when you actually look at it so that's the reason i put that in there and i was surprised that you did go with herbert over dobbins yeah me too but look i think herbert showed you so much in such limited time like the sky's only gonna i think the trajectory for him is only up right and i think if the bears are weighing like dave montgomery in the future or cool herbert i think and i you'd be you back me up like khalil herbert's shown you what he can do now is that mason is that it for offense that's it for offense. All right. Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson. I didn't want to do that one. I thought that yeah, was going to just make – I didn't I, want to put you in that spot. Well, no. I'm going to put you in the spot first, and then you can throw it back to me. But in the in, in the chat, too, Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields. What, you, what are you picking? Justin Fields, QB1. That's my quarterback. I just I think his ceiling is so high. I mean, obviously, I'm maybe drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit wrapped up in the moment. But when you look at what he can do – like, I think – Lamar Jackson, while he's we use unicorn, majestic, dynamic, 
that at the end of the day, it's still a heavy passing league. And maybe he's limited by, you know, some of the weapons and stuff around him. But I think that Justin Fields can ultimately get to that point where he's like a Patrick Mahomes before the last year and a half because he's been kind of rough. He can get to, you know, the what Kyle Murray is able to do this year, things like that. And I just don't know that Jackson will ever fully be there. Well, I've taken Lamar Jackson. Uh, I've taken Lamar Jackson. I, I will definitely put that out there. I mean, a guy that's only 24 years old, I think he's st- improving. And Im- he's already won an MVP, and he's, he wasn't at his best, I think, form in being as a, a passer yet. So I still think there's more that we can see out of Lamar Jackson. But, I look, I have all of the confidence in Justin Fields and what kind of player he's going to be. But if you're giving me the option of those two right now, I'm going to take Lamar Jackson. That is totally fair. And like I said, I'm probably thinking more with my heart than my gut. But <laughs> I, I can't I can't not pick QB1. I, I, I completely understand. All right. Defensive side of the ball. Akeem Hicks, Calais Campbell. I knew this one was going to be like the first one. Long sigh. Uh, I'll go Akeem Hicks. <laughs> Blal Nichols versus Calais Campbell. Calais Campbell. Okay. Justin Houston versus Travis Gibson. Mm, man, I, that's a guy that I, we didn't mention above, but Justin Houston can still rush the quarter. I'm taking Houston. Jalen Johnson versus Marcus Peters. Mm. I'm going Jalen Johnson. I'm going Jalen, and I sound hesitant with that. I'm going Jalen Johnson on this one. Kendall Vildor versus Marcus Peters. I'm taking Marcus Peters. I hope so. Kendall Vildor <laughs> versus Marlon Humphrey. I'm taking Marlon Humphrey. I thought so as well. Patrick Queen versus Roquan Smith. I'm taking Roquan Smith. Josh Bynes versus Alec Ogletree. Mm. I'll go Alec Ogletree just because I know I know more about Ogletree at this point right now. And then Josh Bynes versus Danny Trevathan. Now I'll go Bynes. <laughs> and that's the thing that was interesting. I was struggling to come up with too many defensive ones that were close because – the Ravens defense, especially, it's not the Ravens. It's not your grandfather's Ravens, right? They have a couple yeah. of people that are cool. You know, Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphreys, solid. Patrick Queen's a baller. Cal's Clay's Campbell. But then outside of those four, it's like, oh, okay. Now, like, well, are this are their safeties that much better than what the Bears currently have? Are is their corner two that much better? Are their edges mm-hmm. that much better? And the answer is kind of like, not really. Yeah, no, it's it's a different defense that obviously we've been accustomed to seeing from Baltimore for sure. Isn't uh Pernell McPhee on the team? He is, he is. <laughs> um it's funny, I was listening to another podcast today and they brought up Pernell McPhee mainly because they use a lot of his sound bites and stuff. And uh the athletic writer who is guest starring on it was like, Yeah, Pernell's there more as a leader than actually playing just because he's so broken down at this point. Um, but but that he's there, you know, he's like their third, fourth rusher. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was, he went through injuries when he was in Chicago. So, um, 12 years, I think, I think this is your 12 for him. Wow. It's man. It's so long ago, but there you go. Maybe we'll see a Pernell McPhee sighting uh, at Soldier Field on Sunday. All right. Little mini, only two of them for special teams. Make it quick. Jakeem Grant versus Devin Duvernay. Man, I'll go Devin Duvernay. And Justin Tucker versus Cairo Santos. I'm going to go with arguably the best kicker ever, in Justin Tucker. And that's, I mean, yeah, it's not just that he's the best. 
ever in terms of percentage and stuff, but how he does it, right? Uh, we, mm -hmm. we talked and alluded to how they the Ravens barely beat the Lions, and it was because Tucker could hit a 66-yard field goal, and Cairo Santos had a chance to do that two weeks ago, and he couldn't. So Justin Tucker, man. I mean, here's another question. Here, okay, if you knew, let's say, five years ago, like what Justin Tucker was, like you do have that, and, and for some reason the Ravens were like, give us a first-round pick and you can have Justin Tucker. Would you give up a first-round draft pick for Justin Tucker? I, I mean, I don't think I uh, – yes, he's reliable. But how automatic, no matter you're making almost every kick, you don't have to worry about the kicks anymore. You can make a 66-yard field goal if you need to. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm, thought, not, I'm not. You thought about it. it. You thought I about did. It. it was. It was a. It was intriguing to think about for the ten seconds I thought about it. <laughs> and, then, and well, knowing the Bears, they'd waste their first round draft pick, and it probably would have been better off by going with Justin Tucker, someone that's reliable, consistent, and it's going to go down in the Hall of Fame. It's the best one. So, actually, I don't think it's that crazy of a conversation. I know it's probably no, yeah, no in the in the comments for now. But you think about it, I mean, the Bears have just blinked on first round draft picks. Well, and that's the thing. I would, I would consider it almost because what most GMs say, like first round picks are about 50 50 anyway. And like, if it turns out to be like a, I mean, no offense to him, but a Kevin White scenario, that was what your first round pick was going to be. And you knew that your kicking position was set for the next 10 years or whatever the scenario would be. Like, you got to, like, you got to consider that. Yeah, I would think so. Um, what in the comments? Yeah, it was Oakland. Yeah, <laughs> that would. Um, I, I forgot how high they drafted. What, what was it? Was it Janikowski or no? Or was it? Yeah, something? No. I think it was it Janikowski was. was the first round pick, right? Yeah. But Oakland. That's nuts. That's crazy. <laughs> just to even put that into, I don't know, just to really even think about it. But that's an interesting question for sure. All right, let's move on. That's all I got for, it seems like for the most part, Nick was bearing down. He did not rave too much about the Ravens. Except when it came to Lamar Jackson versus Justin Fields, which I know, I know, but it's it, it's a great segment and it gets everyone involved. So I, I'm always looking forward to the players that you have for me to consider and how much of an ass I can make out of myself when I pick them. <laughs> I, I, I'm always it's always fun. It's it's tough setting them up sometimes because it's like, oh man, like I really love this player, but it's I could I know I love him because it's a bear and like. There's no reason they should be compared to it. It's the the opposite side of the, the football. So it's like, eh, eh, we'll skip that one. <laughs> I get you. All right, Mace, you got some over and unders for us now? I do, I do. Okay, so a couple different over unders this week. Uh, these are not our famous bet US ones. These are off uh, my dumb brain, so bear with me on this one. All right, over under 215.5 passing yards for Justin Fields. 15, I will go, I will go over. On, on that mark just by a little bit though yeah i was thinking like 225 230 uh maybe is what jo the justin would end up with and this is assuming they're building off of last week the ravens mm -hmm. are giving up what the most i think passing yards uh, in the league right now so it's if it's going to happen any week it's probably this week uh six point uh, over under 6.0 rush yards per attempt for lamar jackson so average yards per carry Ooh. 6.0 i don't what is he averaging right now it, it doesn't matter like he when he gets out there's usually big plays happening i will go over that 6.0 mark for rushing yards per attempt for for lamar jackson so i picked that number because he is averaging exactly 6.0 for the year okay. um so i'm going to i'm gonna say under um i okay. think this will be this will be one of the weeks that 
John Desai has to put his mark on the Bears and, and determine, like, you know, can I scheme against a player, a specific player? And, you know, well, can he do the Bill Belichick thing? I'm going to take away your best player. And I think he can do that. We'll see. All right. Over under five carries for Khalil Herbert. Oh, good one. I'm going to go. I'm going to go over on Khalil Herbert and the carries. Not by much. I'll go around like seven. Uh, I'm going to say over as well. I do it with trepidation because he actually had four against the Steelers. Uh, so it's not like he, they just like Nat Nagy said, Montgomery is the workhorse. So uh, if they stick to that, it might be tough to get to that five mark. Um, over under two and a half sacks for the Bears. Hmm. They haven't shown that they can get to the pass rusher as of late. And Lamar Jackson's elusive. Yes, he's been sacked a lot this season, but I'm going to go under on that mark. You're bringing in Bruce Irvin. I think there's a reason for that. So um, you need help from the pass rush. I don't know if he's going to provide that. So I'm going to go under. I was saying over. And the reason I did that is because, A, the Ravens get sacked a lot. You know, Saxon Jackson is an, is an action. Uh, B, <laughs> because when you think about, and we, we've seen this a couple times even with Fields, where they the, he might, Jackson might go to scramble and just get tripped up, right? Right, like the one, right? And so now all of a sudden that's technically a sack. They haven't crossed that mm-hmm. line of scrimmage because you can't determine was that a run play, was it a pass play? Like you're sticking with it being a pass, and so therefore it's a sack. And I think they might, you know, get a one, one and a half sacks out of even just that specific scenario. Uh, we're flipping it over under two and a half sacks for the Ravens. I'm going to go over on that number. Um, Very similar to what you were kind of just saying about Jackson for fields, but also add in like, they love the blitz. And I think there's going to be a couple that hit home. Yeah. I would unfortunately say over uh, with Clayus Campbell clogging up the middle, doing what he does against Sam Musper, who's been struggling uh, with white hair, who has been okay currently this year. Same thing with Daniels. And then when you send the pressure, like they do is fields able to identify the pressure and you actually get the assignments how you want them to. It might be tough because it uh they use some exotic blitzes too, you know, especially on they third do. down. Third down is tough to get past the Ravens on. So uh there's a good chance of that unfortunately it's gonna be on the over. Uh and last one I have for you, over under 0.5 interceptions for the Bears. Basically, are can they just get back? No, <laughs> they can't. <laughs> um you would love them to see that happen, but it it just has not for some reason, whether it's just players just not capitalizing on plays not being in the right position the bears have not created many of those interceptions since what the cincinnati game where it came all in consecutive drive consecutive like defensive plays it seemed like so i'm gonna go no unfortunately for that one uh i had i had yes on it i had one um i for some reason i just have a eddie jackson feel for this uh for this game that he'll finally get that much sought after pick uh, there have been times where Jackson has kind of thrown some balls up there for grabs and he hasn't been penalized for it too much. Why not this week? I like it, Mason. Hopefully um, we see number 30 or not. Wait, whoa. I was going to say 39. He's number four. What am I thinking? Eddie Jackson. So that's how you know I don't. Well, no, he hasn't made many plays out there. But hopefully we see him healthier. Not healthy. I don't think he's going to be completely healthy, but healthy enough to play and to be effective in this game if he, he can't go. All right, Mason, we're, we're kind of trickling down to the final segments, portions of this podcast, and we're going to our bold prediction for this Week 11 matchup, Bears-Ravens. And I know you always have two. What do you got? All right, bold prediction on offense. And 
this is if you pay attention to the Bears, this is bold. Cole Komet catches a touchdown. Whoa, hey, calm down there, Mason. A touchdown. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy to think about. <laughs> um, and then on defense, the Bears blitz percentage for the game is over 20%. And I mean, where would that? Oh, I think I have the sets where that would put them actually, because they are second to last. And if they were at 20%. That would put them where the Tennessee Titans are at at 20.3. So 32, 31, 32, 29, 38, 37. They'd be around 25th in the league at the 20% blitz percentage mark, according to pro football reference. So that'd be a jump for sure. Yeah. That's, it's, I was thinking of it being bold simply because it's only a 4% jump for them about, you know, 16 to 20. But that would also be saying, okay, Sean, decide change who you are as a play caller to go up 4%, which is a good chunk of plays. And we're not exactly sure if we haven't seen Desai really do that. It seems like he's kind of done while well, he's done some cool exotic things at times in terms of the pass rush and stuff like that. The base defense and the and what they really their identity has more or less been the same, right? And but so this would change their identity by even going up just up to twenty percent. That's that's a good point. And is Sean Desai willing to do that? And should he be willing to do that to put his team in the best possible chance to win? All right, bold prediction for me. I have both, and this is bold. It doesn't, I think, correlate to some of the over and unders, but Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields both go for over 100 yards rushing and end the game with a rushing touchdown each. I don't know if we, I don't even remember if we had an over and under on like Fields rushing yard, but if we did, I obviously it probably blew it out of the way, but over 100 yards rushing for both of these quarterbacks in this game. That is really bold. And can you imagine what the highlight reel is going to be on SportsCenter the next day if that happens? Jeez. They're just going to have side-by-sides of the of, you know, fields and Jackson just running all over the place, which would be fun to watch because those two guys are electric if they get into the open field and just get to use their pure athleticism in terms of making guys miss and just getting yards, honestly. So that, that would be a lot of fun. I know we're supposed to have a not-so-bold prediction. I – along with forgetting where we're at in the show notes, I always forget to put those. Mace, do you have any not-so-bold predictions? I have two of them, so you can just assume one of them was yours. Here, just take one. Uh, All right. On offense, uh, not-so-bold, Justin has more passing yards than Lamar Jackson by the end of the game. Uh, definitely one could see that happening. And on defense, uh, defense gets two sacks on Lamar Jackson. You look at the numbers, right? Uh, 2.8 sacks per game on the year, but the Bears have only had 1.3 over the over the last three games, so it's dipped down with Khalil Mack going out. Maybe Bruce Irvin will be able to play and give you like a little something. You know, he's had 13 months of rehab and rest, real, coming off fresh. Um, but in just in general, also the Ravens give up a lot of sacks, so two is not not outlandish as we've discussed. Yeah, no, I, I like it, and I will take credit for one of those. Whichever one you don't want, Mason, I'll just take. <laughs> Whichever one comes right. true, you can have. Okay, I'll take that. I will take that. All right, we are going to predict the MVB for this Week 11 matchup. Do you want to go first, Mason, or should I go first? You can go first. Okay. I'll just say Justin Fields. <laughs> That's like the, such a, Every single week it's Justin Fields, but I think just in terms of who he is, what he showed now two weeks ago against the Pittsburgh Steelers, even if the game plan isn't quite what you'd want it to be from the Bears, I think you're still going to see the flashes and honestly show that he might not be the best player on the field this time because we talked about Lamar Jackson so much, but he's going to be a reason why 
I think the Bears are going to be in this game. And I won't say anymore because we're obviously going to give our game pick in a little bit, but I'm going to go with Justin Fields. I'm going to go the other side of the ball. We just spent, what, an hour and 18 minutes raving about Lamar Jackson and everything he can do. So if the Bears win, it's got to be someone that's going to stop Lamar Jackson, and that's got to be Roquan Smith. Whether you're our, whether you are bringing him on the blitz, whether you're having him just do a spy, doing a contain, whether you're having him, you know, defend Mark Andrews, you know, we, we see him all the time. He starts on one hash and ends up somehow making the tackle on the other, the other side of the field. This is the reason the Bears drafted a guy like Roquan Smith, right? To to be able to combat players like Lamar Jackson. If it's if oh, of course, yeah, Cliff picked Roquan too. Jeez, yeah. If, 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 if this isn't a Roquan game, like you know, you put the stamp on. This is one of the reasons why he got picked to be an All Pro this year. You know, this, that, and the other. Then I don't know what other game would be. This is gonna. I think you know. This is gonna highlight all the attributes, the skills, just everything that makes Roquan Smith special. It would be this game because Lamar Jackson is going to test you on every single play and so we'll see if Roquan Smith is up for that challenge all right we've been talking about this for an hour and 20 minutes what I don't know where time went and I don't want to keep this going any longer than maybe it should have been but Mason when you look at it everything that's going on who do you have winning this game so under Jim Harbaugh the Ravens are 7 and 20 against rookie QBs Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson is 6-0 against rookie QBs. You talked about and wrote a you know a great article talking about how terrible the Bears are out of the bye. Not just the bye, but also if you look at extended breaks, right? But all that being said, streaks are meant to be broken for a reason. You know, we talked if there's not a if there's a game that really puts Roquan Smith on the map, if there's a game that gets Justin going in terms of running the ball in terms of passing the ball. We talked about how terrible the Ravens have been against the pass, right? If there's a game that that's going to happen, it's this game. I have the bears winning 27 to 21. Mason. Um, I think I told you before we went live, like I didn't fill out this portion of my notes and there's a template here. So I don't have at this moment, even a game pick, but we've talked about this for over an hour. You gave a great reason why the Bears can come out victorious against the Baltimore Ravens. Those streaks are, are there. And man, I I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going, I'm going the Baltimore Ravens 27, the Bears 24. I think I said this earlier. The Ravens have found ways to win these really close matchups. They they just have. And they've been for the most part on the winning end of those games. So I'm giving it to the Baltimore Ravens 27-24 but again it's one of those matchups where I think we'll have the moral victory at the end where did and hopefully we can say Justin Fields went toe-to-toe with Lamar Jackson and once the team gets better maybe the the end result the, the win and loss column will change moving forward but let's go to confidence now so I mean you you sound you know I think good about your pick there Mason what what number would you give I'm actually going to give it a six and a half, which is one of the higher numbers I've had over the last couple of weeks. Um, def- yeah, really, yeah, that, that's definitely the highest I've had in the last three weeks. It's There's something wrong, not wrong, there's something weird with the Ravens, right? I mean, if you look at some of their games this year, they they lost to the Raiders in by six in overtime. They squeaked one out against the Chiefs. They barely beat the Lions by two. They 
beat, but not that bad. The Broncos, they barely beat the Colts, who are just limping around in, in overtime. You skip the Chargers game because that was a weird outlier. The Bengals trashed the Ravens. The Ravens had to beat the Vikings in overtime, and then the Ravens lost to the Dolphins. They have the smallest win differential. It's like 1.6 in terms of their that point differential. It's not that big. If the Bears can get ahead, which obviously the Bears struggle with too, but I mean, but they've actually been able to score on their first drives mm-hmm. a good amount this year. Uh, they really have a chance to win this game, you know. Then all this, and just let Justin be Justin. Let it all hang loose, right? And then if you if Sean decides the guy we think he is, he should be able to not stop because it's impossible, but at least contain Lamar in a way and make him use the tools that he's not as comfortable using. I like it, Mason. So I'm actually going to go a six in my confidence meter being for the Baltimore Ravens. Like you mentioned, this team is not like they, they, they've been more dominant in the past for sure. Their record indicates that the close games indicate that. And the bears, maybe this is just one of those games where things do actually translate over from what they were doing offensively. And they start off faster. And we mentioned it, the Ravens scored three points in the first quarter, what they're averaging. You get that rushing attack going, keep Lamar Jackson off the field. Like this could set up for, you know, stranger things have happened. Last time the Bears and Ravens played, there's a tornado at Soldier Field. So who and knows what's going to happen? And the Bears won that game, just saying. And the Bears won that game. I remember I was in my freshman year at the University of Iowa and I had the worst flu whatsoever. Like I remember just laying in bed. I had to move. I was, it was like a bunk bed type of thing. We did it to save space, but I had to move my mattress down the floor because I physically couldn't get up there, and I thought I was just going to vomit every time I got up there. So I remember watching it, seeing the Bears win, just a little fist bump, and then probably just hurled right after that. But things, crazier things have happened, but I'm still giving it a six in my confidence meter for the Ravens to ultimately come out with the victory in this game. All right, Mason, we, we've talked a lot. <laughs> we talked a lot about this Bears-Ravens matchup on Sunday, and you know we'll both be at Soldier Field to kind of cover the game there. So I'm looking forward to it. Any last kind of thoughts on this matchup or anything in general? Like you said, we, we went over a lot of it. Um, it's all, and keep in mind what it's about, and I say this almost every podcast, so apologize if I sound like a broken record for chat, for those listening you know, to the podcast it keep in mind what it's about, right? It's about progression. It's about Justin getting better. It's about seeing the young, you know, what does Darnell Mooney do? Does Jalen Johnson get better? Does Kindle build door maybe all of a sudden flip a switch or is that something you have to look forward to in the future? What is Tevin Jenkins going to look like when he eventually, if he ever does get in, when he does get in all those things, how does Larry Borum do? I mean, he held up great against two of the better pass rushers in the league and that should continue. The final score is more or less irrelevant. I'm never going to sit there and hope the Bears lose. I'm not going to sit there rooting for that. I mean, when Cairo Santos went to kick that one against the Steelers, you know, I was pacing around hoping they would make it. But at the same time, you know, it's like, eh, do I? It's not that big of a deal. Like, this is the rare time where the moral victories actually do matter. So be happy if you see that progression. And the big word, if you see that progression. If it's a loss, just it feels look bad, then just let it all out and yeah yeah. but hopefully that's not the case hopefully that's not the case i just want to say thank you to everybody that tuned in on the live the live chat here who watched on youtube who will listen and download this podcast on their way to work tomorrow and just listen prior to sunday's matchup against the baltimore ravens again make sure you're following uh mason 
on Twitter at West Sports PT. Give him a follow on Twitter. We need to get those those follows up. You can follow myself at Nicholas Moriano. And make sure if you're not already, click the notification, the bell notification, get uh, notifications on YouTube whenever we go live. And also to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and you know our Instagram can use a few more followers here or there, even though I don't post enough. But again, we appreciate everything you guys do to support this podcast. But I'm calling it. And until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.